today we're talking heartburn. And that heartburn really isn't a deficiency of antacids or PPIs, as they're called, or any of the other medications that are now over the counter. These medications are only for short-term use. I Did you know that? I do know that. And now we're going to share what we have learned with our listeners. So you are going to love this episode. Buckle up and get ready to learn some crazy stuff about your stomach. Welcome to the Queen Bee Club, where girlfriends meet to laugh, learn, and get inspired. Here are your friends and wise healers, Kim and Candace. On a hike, and we stopped and chatted with a couple of women who were out there, and this woman said, I have had a hot burning in my stomach for years. And I said, oh, really? What do you do to take care of this? And she said, oh, well, I'm on a, I'm on a PPI. And of course, every warning bell went off in my head. And I said, well, you know, those are really only for short-term use. And that they actually, there's been studies that have shown that they can, they do contribute to cognitive decline slash dementia. Well, not only that. But we shared with this woman that uh, she'd been on the PPIs for years, actually, under her doctor's orders. And it doesn't allow you to digest protein very well or the what you need to build your bones. So you're not absorbing the magnesium, the calcium. So osteoporosis is yeah. associated with this. And, we're, and they're now seeing, because of PPI use in younger adults, osteoporosis at younger ages, which is scary. And we want to bring everybody's attention to this because the crazy thing is that these proton pump inhibitors are great for stopping the stomach acid if you've had heartburn to the point where it was burning the esophagus. So it gives you that Six, relief, a yeah, little bit of relief. Six to eight weeks so the esophagus can heal because the stomach, oh, that stomach lining, that's designed for acid. It makes acid, hydrochloric acid. So it's, it's really just designed for short term. So then what can you do to make that transition so you can feel comfortable about eating again? What do you tell your patients, Candace? Well, again, I just had a uh, a wonderful younger woman who yippee is was just diagnosed and she's pregnant for the first time, and of course, one of the things if you don't know that with our listeners, one of the first things that happens when you're pregnant is heartburn, and she of course didn't want to take any of the proton pump inhibitors or the antacids, and so I suggested that she mix a little bit of baking soda and a little bit of vinegar, apple cider vinegar specifically in water and drink that before each meal. And guess what? At the end of day one, pain was gone. Yes. And a lot of times you can even start with just one or the other, just the baking soda or the organic apple cider vinegar. Exactly. It works really well. I know. And what a great thing. But then we have to back up and say, okay, why did we have that burning in the stomach. And you have a couple of the the primary reasons of why people get heartburn. Right. So the primary one is actually stress. 
And think about what our meals are like these days. There, we actually have more people complaining of stomach pain after meals. And I think it's because often we're do you know, we're eating on the run or we're taking, we're not really conscious. We're not mindful while we're eating. And that's a whole nother podcast on what we can do to become more mindful. However, to actually sit down and pause to maybe take a couple of slow diaphragmatic breaths to help put our nervous system into parasympathetic which is that rest, digest, focus on the digest and repair mode. So stress is the first one, but also many of us wear um, tight waistlines. I, I know. Wait, I'm, tight, I, I am on. all t- about elastic. No way. A tight waistline <laughs> a is A tight gonna... waistline can do it. Yes. What, 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 okay, I'll, I'll let you have that one, but I know that that's not one that is going to, what if you're eating dinner in your pajamas? That's, okay. that's not going to well, happen. But, but also eating late at night, yes, lying I know down that. when, yep. because when lying down with a full stomach. So one of the best things you can do after a meal is, is take a short walk. Yeah. And what I know to be true is that it's the food you're eating uh, that yes. is causing a lot of these problems. Now, I know that if somebody throws in a pizza with a great tomato sauce and a little pepperoni, oh, I, that sounds like <laughs> that recipe just sounds, for disaster. Right. That just sounds like heartburn right there. But you can't eat that right before bed, lay down and think that you're a little sphincter at the, we do have a sphincter at the top of our stomach. If that little sphincter is going to hold back that your stomach is busy digesting, number one, the fats and those spices. And the spices, yeah. And the tomatoes. Spicy food can bother. So if you're going to eat that pizza, make sure it's a couple hours before bed. Now I know another one is alcohol. Yeah, alcohol can really upset uh, the, the stomach lining because really we're talking In fact, many times it's not a problem of too much acid. It's a, it's an issue of eating the wrong things or really junk food and bad fats at wrong times. And, and, and many times people end up having slow, low stomach acid, not high stomach acid. Yeah. And my, and my patients look at me like I'm crazy when I say this isn't, that you have too much acid, it's that you don't have enough. And there's actually research that shows that different blood types create different amounts of acid or the hydrochloric acid in their stomach. And there's a condition called hypochlorhydra, which means that you don't have enough stomach acid to begin with. And again, stress can be a major contributor to this, but it can also happen as we are, I like to say getting wiser, which is a nice way of saying as we're getting older. The nice thing is we can retrain our stomach to create more more acid. Which right. Is- so again, we go back to, so what we've talked about is um, eating Timing what you're eating and understanding that if you're eating some huge, fatty, tomatoey, spicy dinner with alcohol, you're going, you might have problems later. Especially if you go to bed right afterwards. Right. However, what do you think about this? Is what I tell people okay, is that they have that tablespoon of apple cider vinegar right before a meal. 
There's that, or um, since if many of us are eating out more often, or you don't know where you're going to be when it's your meal, carry in uh, a baggie in your pocket some chewable deglycerized licorice tablets. Those help coat the stomach at least to help with that. But yes, I I love your your suggestions of the apple cider vinegar or the baking soda. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we get back to enzymes and enzymes. Digestive enzymes are Mm -hmm. great. But eating in your car is not the best. It's not it's not really that good for you. And so if you do have to eat in your car, maybe just take a couple deep breaths before you throw in those French fries and your hamburger and just take a deep breath or two. Whether it's, and this is a a message, a lot of our listeners are women, but men and women can experience with stress and with stomach issues, hair loss. And that's often a combination of you're not able to absorb your B vitamins, especially B12, which needs stomach acid, and your iron, which again, needs stomach acid. So when you have, uh, whether it's you've been on the PPI, which is eliminating your stomach acid, or you're naturally experiencing some low stomach acid, trying these remedies can actually help train the stomach. And there are, you can get in health food stores or by contacting us, safe ways of uh, upping your hydrochloric acid with a betaine Mm-hmm. Yep. There are supplements for HCL. And so what what we're suggesting and the exclamations that we're putting out there and we want everyone to hear is that that huge mega bottle of antacids that you carry around in your car and you've got one at your desk and you're throwing these things in like they're candy... Or the other one is that women are sometimes told by their doctors to just take one of these over-the-counter antacids because they have calcium in them. That oh is my not. Gosh. It's not in a form that can be absorbed no, at all. No. So if any of these, if this, if these sound like you, if you have been taking proton pump inhibitors, the omeprazole, the, the Prilosec. The Prilosec. Because they're now over the counter. Sure. Or even even the Tums or any of these things. We're not suggesting that you not take them. What we're suggesting is, is that if you're taking them or you have been taking them more than like eight weeks, there's something else underneath it. And so that's what we need to get to the bottom of. And the remedies that we're suggesting are simple, easy, natural. and and natural. And something that you can do. Now, what we have also found, we found, I found with a patient of mine who'd been on antacids for 18 years. Whoa. Had lost all his hair. He didn't, he, he just thought that that was normal. And he was still on them. He was really, really leery about stopping these things. And of course, as he should be, because sometimes there's a rebound. Oh, Okay. Rebound acidity. So that's good to know. Mm-hmm. And and so if you stay on, if you've been on these for long term, and you're going to, uh, you think about your plan is is to 
reduce or eliminate them while you can take the, you can take the apple cider vinegar at the same time you're taking a, a PPI for a little while while you transition. That's a beautiful idea about how to reset your system. So our big message today is really, really look at your stress levels, what you're eating, when you're eating. Oh, and you had talked about sugar being another big one. Yes, that sugar can actually cause low blood, low, low acid in the stomach. Mm-hmm. So it's more about when, when someone comes to us, or at least when they come to me, and I know that you've, you, you hold the same line. When somebody comes to us about, I've had GERD, gastroesophageal reflux, reflux disease, or heartburn, or heartburn, or any of these things, we always go, let's go to the home remedies that actually balance out the acid alkalinity in your gut rather than to take something that is going to block your nutrition uptake, have the potential of causing uh, cognitive decline, and aren't the answer. They're a Band-Aid. Now, of course, there are some some serious situations. Without a doubt, yes. And you probably know if and when you need to uh, seek medical attention. However, for that occasional heartburn, you know, consider these natural remedies first so that your body has a chance to heal. We believe that our bodies want to heal. They just don't always get the right messages. That's exactly right. So, of course, if, again, I'm going to repeat, we always, always support this. If you have a medical condition that you feel requires a certified functional medicine practitioner, without a doubt, you know, these are home remedies, but there is something else going on other than a shortage of antacids. So we hope that this has been a big help and and opened your eyes to some really interesting factoids that are out there about your stomach acid. And we look forward to our next episode. And again, thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast, for liking us, for putting out those great reviews. We are doing this for you, for fun, for conversation, and for connection. So if you want to, if you have some more questions, you want to send us an email, the email we're using is Candice at KimandCandice.com. So shoot us an email if you have some more questions. And again, doesn't cost anything to like, subscribe, and give us a great review. And we look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.